go up to your average high schooler and you ask them what they think about something, and if I were a betting woman, I would almost be willing to bet they will tell you how they feel about it. And that's what they will say. I feel this about that. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. And welcome back to part two of our interview with Diane Douglas, former superintendent of public instruction of Arizona. Now, if you missed part one, you'll want to go back and listen to that. But I'm your co-host, Amber Archer, and joining me as usual is my husband. How do I feel today? Don't even. How do you feel today? (laughs) I feel like I'm going to share with everybody how much we are down the rabbit hole of education. (laughs) When I ask you what you think about something, respond by telling me how you feel about it. (laughs) You're special. Oh, Oh, you guys, today's, today's episode, I mean, just sharing this four-part series with Diane. I mean, it's just been incredible to go and sit down with all of these amazing people who have so much information. As you know, how many of us look around at our nation and say, what is happening to the moral fabric of our nation? Well, we asked the same question and said, well, what are they being taught? What are they being taught and what can be done about it? Yeah. So we're working on our new documentary film. You want to tell everybody? The Mind Polluters is mm-hmm. really asks that question is explores the oversexualization of our children and our culture through the education system. Mm-hmm. And public when, education system. Public education system in particular. And when you dive down to the the root of that tree, you find that it goes everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere, and we have been everywhere. Hey, welcome to the journey. Chasing this story down, <laughs> and we're and not. It keeps growing. We're keeps not growing. finished going everywhere yet either. But uh, part two with Diane is really. I mean, she's she's just fascinating to listen to because what I love about what we do is that we get to hear so many perspectives on things, mm-hmm. and her perspective on this as someone who was at a state level position in mm-hmm. public instruction. Yeah. Um, she just doesn't hold back at all. And I love that about her. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting, you're getting the straight scoop here, but one of the things that she talks about, well, two things, one I alluded to at the beginning is this whole push over. And we've seen this happen over the past 10, 15 years, all about your feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we call people snowflakes. We make fun of them for this. But this is this is what is the mantra of public education now is that it's all about your feelings. That's why biology doesn't matter anymore. If you feel like you're a man or a female today, despite your chromosomes, I'm not even talking about physical, you know, biology, just your chromosomes. You can't change your sex. That's that is a total fallacy. But we're preaching this gospel of, well, if you feel that way, mm-hmm. then this world is really just a social construct of our feelings. And if we feel a certain way, well, then everyone else needs to bow down to your feelings for the day. You know, the problem with that is that 
we can't all bow down to everybody else's feelings. And that's why we have all this conflict mm-hmm. because, well, my, you hurt my feelings. Well, you hurt my feelings. Well, it, they hurt my feelings. What did we say the other day? Everybody is conditioned to be offended. Oh, my word. And We're addicted to fear. Yeah. <laughs> addicted to being offended. Yeah. And and so and there's an activist for everything. Oh, yes. It's a very good point. Every cause has an activist. And what's what's the what is the point of these activists? What their their whole job, they get paid a salary to scream about whatever they're being paid for. We saw that when we were at the, the hearings at in Omaha and also Indianapolis. Or Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Sorry, Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh that they get paid to come in and scream about whatever they're it is they're getting paid to scream about. Mm-hmm. And it's not to foster discussion. It's no. to browbeat the competition. That's yeah. what it is. So they're, they're paid thugs, essentially. They're paid to go in and just hammer on the competition. And if you get in their way, now it's so vicious. You get in their way and they, this is where cancel culture comes in. Oh, yeah. We're not even, we're not going to have a discussion. We're just going to crush you. Yeah. So if you're going to be in this fight, you have got to be tough. You've got to have a really, really thick skin and mm-hmm. you cannot get your feelings hurt. I don't care what they say about you. Well, and you'll hear Diane talk about how the, the and, and I love how she calls them the government schools because mm-hmm. they are. Do you guys realize we are all paying taxes to have all of these, the next generation educated mm-hmm. to be, have their feelings manipulated? Do we really think that our <laughs> federal government can be trusted to do any this is the same federal government that pays ten thousand dollars for a toilet seat yeah. right on a on a military aircraft they're that smart yet we turn our kids over to them to be educated and how many people are how many kids come out illiterate yeah i i mean do we think that they're doing a good job well we've talked about this just in what we do since just over the past 10 15 years it has gotten so difficult one of the reasons why we're doing documentaries right now and not scripted films is because number one, documentaries are the the price of entry for documentaries is so much lower. Mm-hmm. Scripted films, you're talking about a big crew and big budgets, big budgets and lots of actors and, and big insurance policies. And I mean, they're just expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Documentaries you can afford to do on a fraction of that and you can kind of chip away at them and you can operate very, 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 very lean. Mm -hmm. Go back and watch Inwood Drive. You know how many people were on the crew? Two. Two. And you're listening to them, right? (laughs) And so. Oh, by the way, fearlessfeatures.org is where you can watch it. uh Uh-huh. Or on Amazon. Or on Amazon Prime. If you want to go to Amazon Prime and watch it. Leave a good review because all yeah, the trolls are on. But, the but, trolls you know, are out. Okay. I They've don't got want, their feelings hurt. So I go and hurt their feelings. Yeah. No, I don't want to say trolls because here's here's the thing. I think it's absolutely incredible. We we didn't make the film for people. The film was made for the church. Mm-hmm. And to see so many people who are hearing the gospel and seeing the truth I, you know, I just uh, praise the Lord, whatever he's doing with the film, praise the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, those people need Jesus too. And, and so I, I, and I, I just, I love how the trolls, you, I'll call them trolls, how the <laughs> trolls come out 
And all they do is fling mud. They don't, they never have any actual facts. I mean, you read some of the nasty reviews. One of them said something about replaces facts with feelings, I think is what they said. And I I looked at that and I went, excuse me, (laughs) where's your proof? Where are your facts? Point to the facts that I've replaced with feelings. Anyway, okay, back to the mind polluters. Anyway, back to the mind polluters. Because I don't spend too much time there. So (laughs) one of the... (laughs) <laughs> One of the interesting uh, points here that Diane's going to make today is she talk, talks more about the, the colleges of education. Mm-hmm. Just think about this. Why is it that the education system is broken? Why is it that, well, it's not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. And we wh- talked about that with Alex Newman, if you mm-hmm. want to go back and listen to those episodes. Right. But if you think about why are all of the teachers seemingly brainwashed to do the same thing, it's because they all, to if you want to be a teacher, you have to have the paper, right? You mm-hmm. have to have the degree in usually education, which mm-hmm. Diane talks about as a very soft science. Right. And in other words, it's not a real, what does that mean? I have a degree in education. What is that? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and she makes a good point. If you want to teach math, you should be a math major. If mm-hmm. you want to teach science, you should be a physics major mm-hmm. or a chemistry major. And I think back my high school teachers, my the best math teacher that I ever had was Dale Wright. He, uh, he was a math major. Um, I had a, you know, a physics and chemistry majors as science teachers. They mm-hmm. knew their stuff really, really good. Now, they may not have been they may have not have been the greatest most caring feeling teachers right mm-hmm. but they were excellent instructors and they knew their stuff mm-hmm. and i learned that stuff from them if you want to get that teaching job you have to have that degree to get that degree you have to go to the colleges of education and to get which belong to the government well, not all of them, all but of them. but their but their certifications are all dictated. It's like Judith talked about the law schools. Mm-hmm. All the law schools for them to get accredited, the accreditation by the American uh, the the just uh, what is it? American Legal Institute, mm-hmm. American Law Institute, accredits all of the law schools. Well, ALI those standards were all written by the ACLU. Yeah. And it's the same with the colleges of education. If you if so, if you're a student there to get the degree, you have to pass the classes to pass the classes. You have to recite back the right answers. The right answers are decided on by the curriculum, which is decided on by the accreditation. It's not decided on by the professors anymore. It's it's well, this is what the accreditation says to keep their accreditation. Mm -hmm. You, you have to start repeating back these answers. You have to toe the party line. So that's why. And before that, they all come out of government education high schools where they've already been indoctrinated with this. So that that's why. it's When you see everybody acting the same, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Because they've all been taught through the same system. Where is the critical thinking? There is no critical thinking anymore. So, Or free thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess part two with Diane Douglas. Uh, Picking back up. Here we go. How do, so how do, we, how do we protect our kids? What, what, what do parents need to know 
most. One of the things, and I preface this with, I appreciate how very hard it is for parents that, you know, we only had one child. So maybe my, uh, it was a little easier for me to hoe that robe, but I appreciate how hard it is for parents trying to make ends meet in, um, with the taxes and all those things that we face, but there's nothing more important than your children. And truly, you know, God, does not call on the government to educate our children. Um, is it Proverbs 22, six, raise them up in how they should, how they should go. That's what parents are called on. So no matter how hard it is, whatever it takes, they have to do it. When my daughter was in school, I started after the um, PTA meeting with the, you know, everybody's getting a B or higher um, that I learned about. I went to every teacher she had and I told them I wanted a syllabus for the class. And I did this all the way up through high school to my daughter's embarrassment. And I literally read through it. And what, first of all, what subjects are they teaching? What are they teaching about those subjects? And is it appropriate? There's some wonderful reference books. They go back a little ways. Um, E.D. Hirsch's Core Knowledge. Get an old version if you can. It's from the 1990s instead of the Common Core 2010s, although core knowledge is still doing wonderful work. Um, but the Common Core standards are what they are. Um, William Bennett wrote a book uh, probably 30 years ago or so, maybe not quite that long ago, The Educated Child. And it will tell a parent, if your child's in kindergarten or first grade or whatever, you should see them learning this, 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 this. This is good reading material. These are the type of things they should be doing. So I would look at those things and compare what are they giving my daughter in school and what is a, what I consider a solid education, a solid academic education. And if I saw things I didn't like, I would try to fill them in. But if you have that list, you can also look because the things that are going on now are nothing like what I dealt with, or I'm saying that the wrong way, what parents are dealing with now. I mean, I had a cakewalk compared to what's being slipped into classrooms now. So if you see things like that, then you can ask. Again, here in Arizona, we have a law that says parents are allowed to see what's being taught to their children in advance and re review the materials in advance. Good luck trying to get them from a school district, but they're entitled to see them. So if they see something that concerns them, they can take a much deeper dive into what exactly is that curriculum? What is that reading? But now we're dealing with an issue here in Arizona. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to um, a parent that I'm working with about the local school district, once again, the governing board that I was on, and in Arizona, yes, if they adopt a textbook, they have to put it up for review. I forget whether, if they intend to adopt a textbook, they have to put it up for review for 60 or 90 days for the parents to be welcomed in, to take a look, read through it, what's in this textbook, what do you think about it, good, bad, indifferent, whatever the case may be. But we have these little things called supplemental materials. That's what's coming in through either teachers going to websites or eBooks or um, on tablets, whatever. And they are beyond the scope of the public review. And we have on Thursday evening, one of our local school boards up in the Phoenix area will be looking, will be given 
a list of a source that has just, I think it's 13 pages of different resources. Teachers can just pick and choose without parents ever seeing them until the assignment comes home. And then they see, we had an issue in January, again, same school district, where the teacher put a big timeline board up in the front of the classroom for the kids during Martin Luther King Day week. They were studying the Civil War. So this teacher puts up this timeline that is the history of discrimination in America. Well, for anyone that was raised in the time I was raised in and school and the that the cir circling I've done around the sun, let's call it, that's the history of civil rights in America. And that's the history of how far we've come. Do I say we're perfect? Do I say everything's wonderful? Not by any stretch of the imagination. But this country has done more things than many, many other countries on earth. And things that we aren't even going on here, that we abolished, that many, many, many hundreds of thousands of lives died to abolish slavery in this country, there's still slavery going on all around this world. And, you know, parents need to look at those things and think about what is that implanting in my child's head? And is that really the way I want my child to believe? It's very scary. Some of my passion also for education has come from some teaching I've done. And in another world, in another life, I'm a stained glass artist. And I was a stained glass instructor for probably about 15 years. And one of the things I learned from that experience is to be a good teacher, you need to have two things. You need to have you need to know your subject matter, inside, outside, upside, downside, every which way, everything about it, and you need to love it. I taught stained glass because I didn't care if I ever made a dime from it. I wanted to share that love of it with as many people as I possibly could and make them a little stained glass addict just like I was a stained glass addict. But the other thing you need to go along with that is communication skills and be able to share everything you know about that subject with everybody else that wants to know about that subject. Uh, my husband is a wonderful guy. He's a great computer in his day when before he retired was a great computer programmer. But he didn't want to communicate those skills. He just wanted to do his job and do that. So, I mean, to me, that's what it takes to be a great teacher. So we send these uh, prospective teachers out to our colleges of education, which were created by John Dewey and his secular humanist, cultural Marxist ilk. Um, basically, he changed how we train teachers in America. And so you go to a college of education, first of all, and I, I again, I have to preface this with, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anyone who's in that field. But the reality is what we see time and time again is students go off to college and they're many times not even prepared to go to college, but they go nonetheless and they, I'm gonna become a doctor, I'm gonna become a physicist, I'm gonna become whatever. When they can't cut it in that major, rather than let them drop out of college, they get sent over to the College of Education. 
because in the colleges of education, and it's different in different ones, I'm painting very broad brush here and I admit that, but they don't train teachers in the subject they want to teach. The, the, the credits that they take in their subject matter aren't that much. I mean, to me, if you want to teach math, be a math major. If you want to teach science or history, you major to learn absolutely everything you can about that subject. And not that I want to say lesson planning and, and things like that aren't important or classroom management and all these things, that they're not important. Yes, they are, because then you're in a classroom with depending where you teach, 18 kids, 20, 25, 30 kids, however they may be. Yes, you need to know that, but a lot of that is people skills and how you relate to the people, and that's not necessarily something that can be taught. So they, they spend the bulk of their time studying a major called education that's really a very soft science. There's nothing scientific about it. I mean, there's no one right answer for how everybody's going to learn. So we have people coming through and they're, they might not even particularly like the subject matter they kind of got pushed into when they get to the classroom level. And you know, we talk a lot about teachers should be paid more, they don't get as much money as they should, blah, blah, blah. And again, no disrespect intended, but our teachers pretty much buzz through their certification tests. And to me, when a teacher, I don't want to say worried is not the right word, but when, it when our tests are so intense that they study for them like a prospective lawyer studies for the bar or a CPA to pass their CPA exam, I, I had a young gal work for me. She'd gone through law school and, you know, we gave her some time, you know, personal time to study for the bar exam because that's how intense the knowledge of that subject matter had to be. And I don't care if you're teaching first grade math or first grade arithmetic, actually. You should be, you should know math at least to a very high degree. You know, it's very disturbing to me how many teachers along my daughter's way would say, well, you know, when she got to the point where she changed classes, oh, I'm glad they're changing classes because I didn't want to teach science anymore. I don't really understand science. You're a fifth grade teacher. You don't understand science to a fifth grade, you're a college graduate and you don't understand science to a fifth grade level to be able to teach it to children. And you look at some of the crazy things that come up. Uh, I recently, very recently heard about how our college, and I believe it's ASU, um, an acquaintance, daughter or son, one of their children is going there for their teaching certificate. And they are talking about um, transgender sex and what they should do when kids are in there. No, our schools are supposed to be academic content. Let the parents deal with those that type of social education if they want their children to know it. But that's where we're getting um, comprehensive sex education, we're getting critical race theory, we're getting social emotional learning. All these things that manipulate people's feelings are what our government schools are doing these days. And it's all coming from the colleges of education. 
many of the programs we see in that are supposed to academically help our children. Well, I hate to tell you, it's just a thesis someone wrote to get either their master's degree or their doctoral mm -hmm. degree. I have a friend who calls a PhD piled higher deeper. Um, I call EDDs, education dumbed down. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're writing about something they think will work, may work, but it doesn't go through any kind of scientific method or practice to prove that it's going to work. And then they, then they find a way to sell it, whether they sell it to a textbook company or they create their own company to do professional development for our teachers. And we know nothing has any substance to it. And that's what I think parents, they need to get involved. They need to be going to their school board meetings. They need to be looking at what's coming before the boards to be approved? How are the teachers being trained? Um, you know, we have a certification process here in Arizona, every single state does, but it's not going to ensure that your teachers need to know what they have to know to convey that knowledge. I mean, that's what education is, conveying the knowledge of one generation to the next generation, but with a structure of truth and discernment and logic. And we don't have any of that anymore. It's all based on feelings. You go up to your average high schooler and you ask them what they think about something. And if I were a betting woman, I would almost be willing to bet they will tell you how they feel about it. And that's what they will say. I feel this about that. It's not about feelings. It's about rational decision-making and understanding of materials. And we've lost all of that. And it's really gone on on steroids in the last five to 10 years. Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end. We thank you for joining us here on this journey. If you would like to help us with this new documentary, The Mind Polluters, go and check out fearlessfeatures.org where you can make that one-time or monthly donation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit filmmaking ministry. We would love your support so that more people can hear the truth about what's happening in our education system. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderfully blessed weekend. We will pick up part three with Diane next week. 